0: You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk with leaders of all ages and stages about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited because my very special guest is Dwight Utz, and I reconnected with Dwight's recently at a Central Penn College fundraiser and was reminded how tremendous he is. So, Dwight, thank you so much for being here.
1: Tracy, thanks so much for having me. It's really great.
0: And I got to put in a plug for Central Penn College located right nearby us, and it is the home of the Charlie T. Jones Leadership Library. And Dwight, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He is the board vice chair of Central Penn College. Dwight is also a former president, CEO, and director of People's Bank in York, PA, and also a former president, CEO, and director of East Carolina Bank in Englehard, North Carolina. So I am super excited to talk to Dwight about entrepreneurship, growing businesses, starting different things, and about education. So Dwight, thank you again.
1: Tracy, this is really wonderful. Really is. It was great reconnecting as well.
0: It was. Well, I can't wait to learn from you. And we're going to get right into this. So my father gave a speech called The Price of Leadership many, many decades ago, and he talked about the four things that leaders are going to have to be paying if they're going to be true leaders. Dwight, the first of those is loneliness, and we've all heard that term. It's lonely at the top. But can you unpack loneliness for you as a leader, maybe in different venues, in different stages, in different enterprises through your life, and share with our listeners maybe if they're going through a season of loneliness, what you would advise?
1: The old adage is, the buck stops here. In my experience, when I went to North Carolina as the CEO of East Carolina, it was a bank that was in very rural North Carolina. The CEO had sat in the seat for 20 plus years, and there was really no strategic direction, Tracy. And so when you talk about loneliness, you go in And the board says to you, oh, by the way, we want to be a five billion dollar company in 10 years. Okay. (laughs) And that you sit back and you say, okay. It was really understanding what the bank was, what it did well, what needed to be changed. And it really came down, Tracy, to it was a change in leadership. It was a change. In where our corporate headquarters was, raising capital, looking at MA targets, how can we provide a better client experience? And that talk about sitting back and saying, oh my gosh, this is all on me and the team. There's some loneliness in those kinds of things, but it was well worth it. The board was very supportive. And so in that loneliness, you rely on your team, you rely on your board, and in the end, what is most important is the client experience, because without a client, you have nothing. So that's the loneliness I would describe to you, that it's exciting being a CEO, but there are some very lonely
0: things. I love it. You could say, you're never lonely if you have clients. <laughs> Well, I like how you talked about, because a lot of our leaders, because they're good at fixing problems and they're fixers, have probably gone into organizations like you talked about. I know I got recruited several times to come in and be a fixer, and it is lonely because you're trying to get the lay of the land, but I love that you put the nuance of loneliness as you're lonely until you really understand the context of what you're walking into, and you can identify with the other people that are looking at you like, here's a new person. And how you talk about, okay, it's okay, because you are an outsider coming in. And by default, you're going to be somewhat lonely. But the more you understand, identify, and then rely on the team, that dissipates. So I love that you shared that progression.
1: A real key factor, most leaders hopefully get this and understand it, is the team that you build. And it's not just the team at the top. Everybody keeps focusing on senior leadership, executive leadership, but I suggest to you that if you don't focus on the supervisors and the middle managers, I will assure you if they do not understand your strategy and what you're trying to build, you will not build it. It's that simple because that to me is the real key. Yes, you need key leadership, but... Boy, you really need to understand and focus on that frontline leader, because that really is the key, in my opinion.
0: Well, it's not just your opinion. It's borne out in leadership literature, which is really what I study. I mean, I tell people it's the 80-20. Leadership is 20, 80%. You can have average leadership and great integrators, a great frontline, and be way more successful then fantastic leadership and subpar followership. So you're absolutely right. They're the ones that really make it happen. And it's like me when I was an officer, my enlisted troops, I hung so tight with them because they were the ones that made it happen. Sure. And yes, you can be up here with hobnobbing with your fellow officers, which is great for camaraderie, but who you really need to be tight with is your troops. And I love how you put that out there. That's a very sound leadership principle for our leaders out there listening.
1: Yeah. And Tracy, real quick, when I was in Louisiana, I was with a small community bank that was a startup. And when I was hired, Dwight, we want to get to $2 billion. Great. But when I went in, Tracy, it was very clear that the team who needed to execute were not the right leaders. And again, here's an example of a new guy coming in. And I went to the CEO and I said, look, we've got 20 branch managers, eight are true leaders. That's a lot that weren't in my opinion. And my job was to drive revenue. And so over three years, we made changes and you could just see revenue go this way because you had the right team.
0: Well, and I love that as leaders, we have to be very discerning and seeing who we need to take us to the next levels. And that's tough. That's really tough making that thing because you can't coach everybody to the level you need them at too. And I would even say, Dwight, since we're talking serious leadership here, seasoned leadership, if they've been in the position for more than three years and it hasn't happened yet, you really got to sit there and say as a leader, either you horrendously failed them or it's just not going to happen. So we need to be real and call it and say, if it hasn't happened, it's probably not going to happen. I agree with you. Excellent. Well, thank you for your insights on loneliness and how to overcome that. And I know that's something everybody can take away because they're going to experience it especially if they're brought in. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not, you might want to check and make sure you might be exactly. a little unselfaware yeah. or something. All right. So next is weariness. And my father would always tell me, Tracy, you know, my problem isn't motivating myself. It's keeping other people from demotivating me. And there's that element of, boy, you're fighting a good fight, but there's always going to be an element of the team or people that are not all in. And so how do you stay strong? Because as leaders, we have to stay at the peak of cognitive, energy, attitude, professional, par excellence, and how do you combat weariness?
1: Part of it is I live by the mantra of three Ds. And this is both in my professional life, but also my family life. And that is energy, enthusiasm, and excitement. And Tracy, I hire, promote, and mentor With those three elements, because if a person does not show me those three attributes, I'll suggest to you that they are not the right candidate. And in some situations, they may not have exactly the talent level that you want, but if they show me that, that means to me that they are willing to go that extra step to learn. What they have, if you will, deficiencies. So I love a challenge. And so that's what gives me the energy, the excitement, and the enthusiasm to keep motivated and keep moving forward. I rarely look back because all you're doing is looking in the rearview mirror. It, it just doesn't matter to me. But I do love looking into the windshield. I'm a visionary that's kind of what I'm known for, I look out to the future. The, the folks that you hire really manage the day today, day but I try to look out, what do we need? Where should we be going? That's what motivates me. That's what keeps me going.
0: Well, again, a really unique perspective on weariness, Dwight. And for our listeners out there, there's this school of thought that all oh, the leaders have to always be pouring into the people But we as leaders, as you said, we draw energy and enthusiasm and excitement. Leadership and followership, it's a dyadic relationship. It's two sides of the same coin. And if leaders have unmotivated employees, what happens? They start getting dragged down. But my dad used to tell me this, Tracy, if you want a better leader, be a better follower. If you want a better job, do a better job. And so I have really found that I need their energy too. And that's what gets me excited. So I love that you brought that out because that is such a tremendous source. I think at Health. How beaten down he was. And he went down in that tube and he talked to the people who said, We're behind you, come what may, and just drew that energy from the people, his citizens, and then said, Nope, we're going back in. We're not negotiating and we're going to go in for the fight. I think about his speech that he gave. And sure. that's a classic example of drawing that energy, enthusiasm, and excitement from your followers. Sure. All right, Lowliness, weariness. The next topic is. This is something we all struggle with, abandonment. And abandonment, not in a negative sense, like abandoning your duty or abandoning an animal, but abandonment of stop doing the things that you like and want to do in favor of the things that you ought and need to do. So in this sense for leadership, I've always been told the more niche you go, the more you grow. And a lot of times as leaders, especially this bank's doing this, or this is doing this, or this college is doing this, let's do it all. And in fact, the more specialized you become and the more abandoned you become to your true focus, the more successful you are. So how do you stay on point? I think it's important
1: that really stay focused on what's important. I try to make sure, especially in an active role, you can get so tied up and be looking at emails all day. But if you don't stop and read and engage yourself in conversations with experts or councils, you lose it. And so what I used to do was my day would always start at seven o'clock. So between seven and 10 o'clock in the morning was always my thinking time, my time to focus on number one, learning, always learning, reading, And engaging in conversations with my internal experts on whatever the subject might be. Because if you don't learn, continually learning, it's really difficult to understand. In terms of the niche, I agree with you that you cannot be all things to all people. Particularly in the banking industry, it's accepting deposits, it's making loans, It's the client experience. And so what we tried to do in every organization that I was with, the clear message was the client experience and whether that meant technology solutions to help with that or if it meant how we engage our clients. So a lot of banks, whether it's commercial lending, commercial real estate, small business lending... All those are important, but if you don't focus on the experience, you will have none of that because the clients have many choices in the banking. So I agree with that, the statement that if you will, you can't be all things, all people. But for me, the key is the client experience will permeate and create the opportunities that you need to grow your company.
0: I love it. And I love that you pointed out, like, I'm in publishing. So are a million other publishers. (laughs) And banking is there's actions that anybody could pay anybody to do, but it's where can you do it better than anybody else? How did you know which aspect of the client experience? Because, like you said, maybe in a metropolitan city, it would be more tech or crypto. Or how did you find out exactly what it was for some of the rural banks? How did you get the intel, the business intel, so you knew? what portion of the client experience to focus on?
1: Tracy, great point, because it's all about data. A lot of people think about banks and data, 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 but you look in every industry, if you don't understand the data that's in front of you, you don't understand. In the community bank in North Carolina, we literally had branches from the southern tip of Virginia to the top, of South Carolina, and in between, there were metro areas, but then there were rural farming, fishing communities, and if you think that you're going to deliver a metro area and a rural farming fishing in the same way, you're kidding yourselves. What a rural community wants is they want the touch, the metro areas, they want the technology solutions in the rural areas the best success was us going out sitting on a combine talking to them about the moisture in the soil how much crop they produce per acre that is what drove them to say this is the bank that i want to continue to doing business with conversely in the metro area, they could care less about who the CEO was. They wanted quick access ATMs. They wanted mobile banking, all the things, but it's different in every market. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand your clients, your markets. That's how we did it. It data-driven.
0: I love it. Well, and leadership is highly contextualized. It depends on a million different variables. So business is highly contextualized and you can get the sense, but you also, like you said, have to get, what does the research say? Because you can have a hunch, but the research will bear it out. So excellent. Thank you so much for that, Dwight. All right. Lastly, said this word before you said that you're one of the things you like doing is as a visionary. And the last price my dad says is you're going to have to pay the price with vision. And he would say that vision is really just seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. So he had a very pragmatic Blue sky, but blueprint kind of perspective on it. And I know you do as well because you would not have been as successful. And I can tell from our discussion before you get the whole this is nice, but we got to make it work. So, can you share with us how do you hone your vision? How do you get inspired? How do you know maybe when this vision is ready to be tweaked or shelved and on to the next thing? Well,
1: part of it, Tracy, is again learning, educating yourself on the industry. And I was very active. In national organizations. I was very active in the state organizations. Because, again, if you don't see trending and you don't understand what is coming, then again, you're so far behind, you can't catch up. It really is that it's reading. And there are things that I have presented to boards of directors that they just look at you and say, Where is this guy coming from? folks, this is what is coming. Crypto, this is not going to be important. That was the board. all right? Well, it became important. Now, do we have to be experts? No, but we have to know what the impact will be. We have to understand what the economics of our world and our country are. Impact will they have on what we want to do? But Tracy, I always try To have our board look three to five out, make sure that they signed off, bought in. But it's really critical that you also educate your board and as well make sure that your team understands. If I can, just very, very quickly, part of why strategic plans fail is because your team does not know what your strategy is. So what I did was I published and delivered to every single employee a copy of our strategic plan so that when they had their weekly meetings, their monthly meetings, they all knew where we stood with our plan. Because if they don't know, how do they execute, is my question. They don't. Absolutely.
0: Well, again, your vision sometimes gets this very esoteric, well, I'm just not Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg, but I love that you again tie it to vision is really education of the industry, the impact and the economics. First of all, it is out there and it's our job as visionaries to discover the future People say, well, to create it. And I'm like, well, in my opinion, there's nothing new under the sun. It's already been created. But to discover it, we have to look at what is going on and be very good researchers as far as... So I love that perspective of education in the industry. I also love that you talk about the board and the team. Everybody has to understand and be all in with the vision. Otherwise, the vision, I don't care if the Holy Spirit anoints you, if everybody's not all in and understands it, and especially for the board to understand their role in making it happen... That's absolutely critical. So excellent insights.
1: Thank you. It really is important. I have seen so many companies, particularly community banking, and this is not a cut, but where CEOs have sat in the chair for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, and it was banking as it was. Right. And so I encourage your listeners if you are a leader, to really think about your vision. Are you a visionary? Are you a strategist? Or are you into the day-to-day minutia? And I personally, one person, I encourage you to step away from the day-to-day management and be a true strategic visionary because that
0: is the propellant
1: for your organization to move forward.
0: Be a true strategic visionary. The true words were never spoken. Thank you. Dwight, your comments remind me of one of my favorite books, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, where we kind of have these three hats. We have our entrepreneurial hat, we have our manager hat, we have our technician hat. But the more you grow in the organization, you have to really be wearing that E-hat a lot more. And everybody's waiting for that. That's the spark that ignites everybody else so I love that you talk about just step away from it you have to and just really get clear on enough with the day-to-day chatter where are we going next
1: I used to bring the team in together and everybody wanted to talk about we have this little issue in branch a I get all that right but that's what the board and I are paying you to handle okay (laughs) Not that I wasn't aware what was going on. I think I was clearly aware what was going on. But you have to understand what you get into and what you let others get into. So delegation for me was very easy. And it isn't easy for everybody. As leaders, I just encourage you to not feel bad about delegating to the team and you stick to what you need to do for the growth of your company.
0: I love it. So Dwight, we have covered loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Anything else that you would like to share with our listening leaders out there as far as your leadership journey?
1: Tracy, please cut me off because I could talk forever, but it was interesting. When I was in high school, I was not a really great student. I was probably a C minus, D plus student. And a guidance counselor came to me and said, Dwight, You will never amount to anything if you don't get your crap together. And Tracy, that was really a moving and an emotional and motivating experience. And so when I went to Central Penn, and this is why I still love Central Penn College, 50 years later, it was that experience, that guidance. That kick in the butt, Central Penn really made me what I am today, both as a person, as a leader. It's an emotional environment for me when I talk about this, because without Central Penn College's leadership 50 years ago, I may not be sitting here talking to you and your audience, but what they gave me, what they taught me still lives today. And I love it. This college with our leadership today has done some phenomenal things and I'm really excited about.
0: I love it. Well, Dwight, two things I heard in that. Number one, when somebody looked you in the eye and said, you better straighten up and fly, right? (laughs) You were teachable. And you talked about that when you were talking about Weariness, energy, enthusiasm. You were teachable, you were moldable, and you were willing to accept instruction and say, let that be not shut you down or make you angry, but do that. So I just thank you for that. And the other thing for our listeners, I'll have the links to Central Penn College here. Please check out Central Penn College. Anytime you buy anything from us, Central Penn College is one of the tremendous organizations that we support with the profits from you all. So we just love them. My father loved them. We love them. I've got family members that went there and just you're doing incredible things. You have such a beautiful niche for students that are oriented towards that particular thing to give them like you, because I wasn't the best student either, just the efficacy and the discipleship and the training that you can become anything you want to be. And I love Uh, that 50 years plus, you still live and breathe that.
1: Yeah. And the stories that come out of some of our students and look, please don't misunderstand Other colleges are impactful to their students, but every week I talk to former students and current students. It's so nice to hear the impact that this college and other colleges are having on our students and what they take out of that and what they do with their career is amazing.
0: Well, and you can bloom in it because it's a smaller school and you get that one-on-one instruction. Of course, South Central PA is so rich with businesses, small businesses, mid-sized businesses, government. I mean, it's really amazing. So like I said, for the listeners out there, not just to get introduced to you, but also if you have young people in your life or even middle-aged learners like us, Dwight, check out Central Pine College and everything. Again, we'll put the links in there. And Dwight, I just want to thank you again so much for sharing your wisdom with me. I have learned so much and it's always just an honor to get to hear the distilled wisdom and the applied wisdom from someone like you.
1: Tracy, thank you so much for having me.
0: And to your audience, thank you. You're welcome. And Dwight, how do people get a hold of you? Is, is LinkedIn or you want them to reach out through the college if maybe they were interested at in a tour or connecting with you about maybe follow-on discussions with your Absolutely. leadership, things you dealt with? Absolutely. I am very active on LinkedIn and you can find me
1: by Dwight Utz, uh, obviously. Also, they can contact me through the college at DwightUtts at centralpen.edu.
0: DwightUtts at central dot edu. Good. And we'll make sure we have those links in there. So again, Dwight, thank you so much to our tremendous listeners out there. We just want to thank you Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah. And keep on paying the price of leadership. And I'll tell you what, if you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button. And if you would do us the honor of a five-star review, we would be so thankful. Be sure and go over to Tremendous Leadership. If you sign up, you get weeks of free eBooks. We have free online webinars and we got a host of Tremendous Books that can change your life. Also, if you want to publish with us, you check it out too. So thank you all for being part of the Tremendous Tribe and continue to pay the price of leadership. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts, or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.